Hey, what's happening, my friends? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. It is 8.05 p.m. on Monday, the 23rd of May. 72 degrees, perfect temperatures today. It's a very nice day. Sun was shining. It was a good day. It was a good day to start the week. Schedule was full and people were happy and everybody was on mission. I told you. <clears throat> Disclosed that there are some we're making some changes to our office, to our business, as the uh, you know basically as I returned. I, I think I get ambitious. I'm I'm always ambitious, but I'm I'm largely content. You know. Like, I'm not ambitious to the point that I, um, I'm never satisfied. I, I here to tell you guys how much I love my work, pretty much every podcast, so I'm probably sick of it, but it is true. I'm very content in the work that I do. I feel like I have the ability to make a difference. <clears throat> thing. It's a good... I love what I do. I love the people that are in my life. The vast majority of them. So, but as I said, we're, we're trying to make some proactive changes that are going to just better our approach to everything. Just overhaul, keep all the good stuff policies and procedures and the way we do things. We can't change, you know, things dramatically. We don't need to. We just want to take the best of what we're doing and keep it and then add to that. So as to make for the greatest experience and really be honest with ourselves what we're doing right and what we can improve on and and it's all about taking care of the patient. Healthy balance has always been uh, patient-centered care. That means it's all about you. So, because I love what I do, because we got a good thing going, we want to do more of it, and we want to do it in a way that allows us to continue our work and not, you know, and easier, make it easier for us. You know, I'll always have to put my some elbow grease into what I do, the physical stuff. I mean, I, the adjustment that's mine to render, but. Um, the way, the infrastructure around us, the support is very important. I have two very dedicated personnel and Emily and Angie that uh, they're doing a great job and they're on board. That makes me feel so good because <clears throat> it's not where you are, it's who you're with. And being such a team player myself, such a you know, former Marine in me, yearns for that squad, you know, to be part of something, and, and they are my work squad, they're a big part of my life, so I'm honored that they are on this mission with me, and I'll do anything to help them support them, so anyway, just a little bit of uh, business there, <clears throat> discussion, I'd like to share with you uh, my feelings on this particular um, 
you know, content that I, uh, that I, I, I experience. Um, I've mentioned in the past, you know, that there might be a good book to read or a good podcast to listen to. I used to listen to Joe, Joe Rogan like every day. You know, I, I could not wait for the next podcast to come out. And I'm going to probably revisit Rogan. I think he's great. I was a little bit turned off by, I don't know, I guess the, the feeling like you need to weigh in about everything, right? The feeling like you need to, the notion that you need to weigh in on every friggin' issue. And some issues are that people want to hear your opinion on. You're so successful you know, as an entertainer, as a podcaster. People, you know, it's 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 talking points. Represents talking points. So, um, as you became more and more popular, the number one podcast in the world, um, people want to hear your opinion on whatever the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trial, shit like that. You know, I'm talking about that too, so I should shut the fuck up, I guess. But anyway, I'm always looking for good stuff to turn my attention to. I feel good when I'm filling my my social media feed, my my mind, my time, you know, turning my attention to cool shit. Things that that improves uh, content that improves my life and that of uh, inspires me to help other people. So <clears throat> I found this cool, remember there's a guy named Daniel Schmachtenberger. If you're at all interested in philosophy, like, and somebody's, you know, a really fucking learned individual's opinion on where we are in society today and, and, and wrapping your, our brain around some of the complex issues that affect our society, this guy is fucking brilliant, man. Daniel Schmachtenberger. He makes you really ponder, really taps into, if you have any sort of um, ability or interest, we all have an ability, uh, for a lot of people it's untapped, but you might think that a lot of these discussions are over your head, and, and if they are, they are, <coughs> maybe you're stupid, I don't know, but if you're dis- just disinterested, then that would be a shame, because this is some cool fucking shit, and it's applicable to to us, to us all. And I hope this fucker in this little red car passes me, because I'm want to fucking murder him or her if they don't get the fuck away from me. Penis cap. Okay, so. This podcast that uh, Schmachtenberger, Daniel Schmachtenberger, um, recommended is called The Great Simplification. So you can go ahead and search that. At the top of the YouTube screen, you're going you're gonna to see um, that there's like a 30-minute compilation. It is an animation, so you're going to be um, Watching while you follow along, listening about this great simplification. So I'm going to try to distill this out best I can. All right. Now you know we've discussed uh, some bit. You know, might be familiar with my opinions on the big questions of life. You know that I'm not that I respect uh, belief systems. 
I don't care if you are Christian or Muslim or Jewish or Branch Davidian or fucking Mormon. I respect that this is something that you um, utilize to navigate through life. This story, this however it brings you comfort, I think that it's wonderful and it's been crucial for human beings to turn to some sort of narrative, some sort of story throughout time, like human time. For lack of an understanding, a scientific understanding about this world that we live in, this very complex world. What's up with the sky? How about the ocean? How big are they? Um, You know, how are we going to eat? You know, the wheel, fire, all these little innovations that we are familiar with in our formative years and the formative, you know, millennia. As we fucking evolved, yes, we evolved, you know, we, we became humanoid, we're trying, oh, caveman, oh, fire, oh, fucking wheel, you know, um, agriculture, all these uh, advancements that we think about, that we hear about, that we understand, over the last several hundred years, 500 years, talk about that, you know, the technological progress has been fucking unbelievable, unbelievable. Like, if you listen to this podcast, you you were alive while we had rotary dial phones and the little fucking twisty cords that would get all jumbled up, and you had to take them, disengage them from the phone, from the receiver, and you know so that they would unwind if you were like to tidy home. And when you talk to your girlfriend or your boyfriend or fucking whoever, you had to go around the corner and you know stretch the cord under the door so that you could have some privacy and your mom would get on upstairs while you were on the phone downstairs and who are you talking to Aaron it's time to go to bed you know so just think about our progress from the time that you were a little fucking boy or girl think about that that was like 40 years 50 years look at where we are now with phones with technology with so many facets of our life. <clears throat> this great simplification talks about our origins here on this planet. You know, discloses that to the best of our under scientific understanding, this planet is 4.5 billion years old. A billion years into it, a coalescing of cosmic dust came together this, we, we came together and coalesced this planet all that matter out there in, in space somehow this planet was born okay <clears throat> our proximity to the sun our closeness to the sun they call it the Goldilocks zone imagine you make a terrarium okay you take some dirt you take some plant material, <clears throat> you put it in a fucking plastic or glass container, you let some, put some air holes in there, put a little moisture in there, and you give it some sunlight. Things grow, okay? We are a biosphere. It's very, very complex, but our proximity to the sun 
is the only reason why there is life on this planet. The sun is the energy source. The sun grows vegetation. It grows uh, animals. You know, rise. They, you know, best of my knowledge, it was a eukaryotic cell. So that's a standard cell, like a cell cell with a nucleus and a, or actually, uh, not a cell, but a, a bacteria gobbled up another bacteria, and that's how we had some of the first um, organisms that, you know, approached, they call it, this guy talks about it, as a shrew, like a tree-dwelling mammal, kind of like a monkey, kind of like a mole, and this, once this shrew-like creature arose, it gave rise to, you know, we can trace our lineage to primates, right, monkeys, Right? We share a common ancestor with these creatures. Right? It started small. The sun shines on the terrarium, our biosphere. Plant life, eventually animal life that evolves based upon the conditions on our planet. All this vegetation, all this organic life on our planet over many, many freaking millions and billions of years plants live and they died and they were slowly deposited underneath the earth's crust and placed under pressure. Alright? And you've got changes in in, in um, the crust of the earth. It's moving. Tectonic plates, all that shit. So this the deposition of of, of life. Life lives, a plant lives, a forest lives and it dies. When it dies, it gets comes part of the forest floor, and then another growth cycle, and another year, and then times countless years, alright, eventually all of that organic material blends in with the inorganic matter, which is rock, right, and the, the topsoil that you go and buy from the store is a combination of organic, decaying organic material, and stones, gravel, sand, right? So imagine year after year, millennia after millennia, all this deposition of organic material on the earth, becoming part of layers upon layers of the earth's crust. It gets down very, very deep, big pile of this fucking shit, organic material as it lives and dies and deposits. <clears throat> the pressure, okay, under which it it is placed at the lower aspects of this deposition of material is immense. It transforms this organic material, organic meaning that there's carbon, the molecule um, or the, the element of carbon is part of these living plants and animals part of what is deposited. That carbon under pressure becomes various things. Alright? It becomes <clears throat> petroleum, oil, gas, coal. Alright? These are fossil fuels. What is a fossil? It's something very, very old that's left, um, that's preserved in some way, right? So, fossil is very fucking old life that is put under tremendous pressures in the Earth's, within the Earth's crust, we at some point, you know, 
fucking black gold Texas tea, we tap into this, determine that there are these substances that come out of the earth in various places. We dig down, we drill down, we find that we can take oil and refine it into a very, you know, flowing liquid energy source. Coal we can burn, gas we can burn, that these fossil fuels all share some common threads, which is that they're comprised of carbon and, and different concentrations, and the chemistry is, is different, and so we can use these things as fuel. Before we found fossil fuels, we were fucking walking, or we might have been harnessing the power of horses or oxes or goats or whatever the fuck to plow our fields, to do work around the farm. We might have cultivated some livestock, all right? Animal husbandry. I think that's a term for it, right? Imagine ox cart and plowing a field with fucking mules or whatever animal, or doing it by hand. Then we create an, uh, you know, the, we discover these fossil fuels and build these simple machines that will allow us to do certain tasks. All right, this was only hundreds of years ago. I don't know when was the first internal combustion engine. You know, it's a year. It's a year twenty twenty two right now. Right in the year fifteen hundred. Uh, when was the internal combustion engine fucking created? I don't fucking know. You know, I know we had. You know, we're using whale oil for lamps and for perfumes and for um, various purposes, right? So we knew that we could, that there were substances on this earth that we could, um, we could utilize for fuel. We knew about candles. We knew about uh, animal oils. We had innovated in many different ways. I can't speak to all of them right now. But... I mean, does this have your interest? So the great simplification is basically that we are here as human beings. We find fossil fuels. We fucking quickly develop all of our technologies in order to harness the power, liberate the power of carbon atoms arranged in various fossil fuels. All right? We can create, we can do the work of many, many ox. Talk about horsepower. How many horsepower is that? Is that lawnmower, is that truck, is that machine. You ever seen some of the size of farming machines these days and the automation that they've put to work? All the little machines that we have in the internal combustion engine, now we're going electric. So we have the ability to harness and store power that originally came from the sun. The earth is a big place, but it's not that big. In this video, the guy talks about how he illustrates via this animated you know, story. He talks about how the reality is that the optimal deposits of fossil fuels have begun to wane. Okay? So we can't find the best possible land anymore. The best deposits in order to extract this. Like, there's not... There's a, a finite amount of fossil fuels. There's a lot... We haven't run out. We're not going to run out next fucking week or next year or next thousand years, perhaps. But the rate that we consume these fossil fuels 
the rate at which we harness the energy from these fossil fuels has exponentially increased. So we're acting like it's going to be around forever, and it's not going to be around forever. In fact, these fossil fuels took, think about, as I talked about the uh, organic material living and dying and depositing under the Earth's crust, right? Let's say we're talking about a fucking a jungle, some vast, you know, um, jungle, maybe the size of the Amazon or something like that. These places don't exist, of course, as much anymore because we've cut a lot of that vegetation down. But imagine just the vastness of the material, of the organic matter that that lives and dies in a gigantic forest, like a, maybe the for, type of forest that dinosaurs lived in, you know? Gigantic trees, uh, gigantic mushrooms. Uh, things were bigger back then. I don't entirely understand entirely what it was, but... Um, dinosaurs existed, you know. Think about all those dinosaurs living and dying. So, it took millions of years, hundreds of millions of years, for all, billions of years, for all this material to live and die and be deposited. It deposited very, very slowly over time, right? That's how all these layers can be laid down and deposit and be placed under such pressure, you know, we dig down deep to get to these levels where vast quantities of organic material had been imprisoned, and we're liberating them in the form of oil or gas or whatever, right? That's the way that works, I believe. And so... It took a very long time to imprison all those fossil fuels, and we are extracting it at a rate that is far faster than it took to deposit, right? So if we're not careful, and we're not careful, we are going to fuck ourselves over. We will eventually run out of fossil fuels. Fuel will be, you know, it'll take some time, but you already see $5 gas, right? So imagine if fuel truly became scarce, then it's going to be, the cost is going to skyrocket, it's going to be, you know, because it'll be scarcity, or, or perceived scarcity, right? So that is why there are certain individuals that are talking about changing the way we live. Like uh, the author also said something that's a fact, plastic weighs more. All the plastic in the world has exceeded the amount of organic material in the world. That means all the trees, all the animals, all the fucking microorganisms, all the all the creatures large and small, how much mass they have, how much weight they have, have now exceeded by plastic. A man-made substance. There's more plastic than there is organic material. So we are having an impact, serious impact on this world. And the, the, the great simplification is eventually is, is educating people and for them to the point where they understand enough that they can acknowledge that we, you know, if, if we are to rather bend than break, that's what they're talking about now. 
So our world is going to have to bend. The way we do things is going to have to bend. We cannot just extract fossil fuels indefinitely. We can't expect that. We have to be able to read the plays and see, you know, uh, hundreds of years from now, a thousand years from now, what is life going to be like on planet Earth? This is why Elon Musk, etc., are talking about inhabiting, you know, terraforming another planet. Well, of course, case can be made for saving our own planet. You know, salvaging it. So can we bend? Can we change our behaviors? Just enough to sustain life. To think about our fellow human beings. To think about all the other creatures in the ecology, all right, in this, in this biosphere, all the creatures, large and small, all the plants and all the animals, we are so, we have such a big footprint, human beings now, that we are the dominant creature, we are the great predator, we are the apex predator, we might not kill and, and eat everything, but we are impacting everything. We are at the top of the food chain. And so we bear responsibility, right? Just like the shark, you know, isn't going to decimate all the fish. These sharks have instincts or apex predators. They don't want to kill fucking everything. If they kill, if a a cougar kills every deer in the forest, and they're not going to have any fucking, any meat for the future, you know? Um, you know what I'm saying? If the shark kills every fucking uh, fish in the school, guess what? They're not going to have a meal, you know, a week, a month, a year from now. Right? So nature has a, a way. If you observe nature, yes, it could be very cruel, very harsh, seemingly, but it has a way of replenishing itself and if nature must it'll even purge itself of humans because we've become such a dominant species we're going to fucking kill each other most likely I think that's what learned individuals would most likely predict that we'll kill each other we'll take 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 from the earth until there's scarcity and then people are going to get chaotic and they're just going to start killing each other off. And that's a way for the, um, you know, when talk about nuclear war, you know, would be the worst case scenario, seemingly, right? It seems like we're not too far from that right now. So that could be the consequence of us just taking until resources are scarce. Maybe if we read the plays on things a little bit, we realized, okay, you know, like right now, right now, Everybody wants an electronic vehicle. Everybody wants to go electric. You know, everybody's intrigued about these new technologies. See more and more people with electric mowers. You know, they love them. You know, and you know there are consequences to batteries and all that stuff too. But remember what I said and what the reality is: the sun is our primary source of energy. It's going to burn for a very long time still before it goes out. Right. So, you know, we, we can be thankful for that. But we can use 
we need to harness the sun's energy. I read an article last night that talked about how the efficiency of a of a solar cell has now approached forty um, percent. So forty percent of the light that shines on this solar cell can be turned into electricity. This is you know solar technology is it's it's rapidly expanding. So this is a way where if we can find a way to best capture in a non-toxic way the cell, the um, solar radiation and we can find a way to store it in an ideal non-toxic way, I mean less toxic way than we're doing right now and burning crazy amounts of fossil fuels and all the pollutants result in there um, then we're in business you know, we're doing right you know, when these ideas catch on, when, you know, Joe Blow, the poor slobs of the wall of the world, truly realize that, okay, you know, there's no, things are changed, you know, in this world. We're really, we are, we need to give as much as we take. Then we're, you know, you, know, you can't truly reach everybody. There's going to be some folks who just like, <clears throat> whatever. It all depends on our reality, right? Everybody wants an electric car until um, until the economy turns to shit. And then people just do whatever they got to do to get by, right? Everybody wants to do right by the earth until, you know, everybody wants to recycle plastic until they've got bigger fish to fry. And then they're like, fuck it. Throw that shit in the goddamn, don't even separate the stuff. You know what I'm saying? I feel like this is the thing. It's, it's uh, if we could, we would like to help. But do we have, can we afford to do that? Can we afford to make these sacrifices? You know, we can grow our own food, but why would we do that when we can get cheap produce down the, down the street, you know? Well, what happens when the produce is no longer cheap? We'll wish we knew how to grow food, right? You know? We'd like to, um, you know get a car that is more economic. We, 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 we like, love our fast, powerful vehicles. I'm driving a friggin' Ram 1500 right now, 5.7 liter. We love our big, powerful, fast vehicles. Dual exhaust pipe. But then what happens when the frickin' gas is $5 a gallon? Well, I slow my roll a little bit. I, I do the speed limit. Save a little bit when I can. Scrimp and save when I can. So, as the situation changes on our earth, we're going to have to bend or we're going to break. This whole experiment will break. And the unfortunately, uh, the unfortunate thing is that human beings, the only thing we truly understand, and the truest motivator of a human being is pain. If you're in pain, if you're hurting bad enough, you will change. You know, I just recently met somebody in closing who midlife comes to me to try to get in better shape. Wants to get on a health kick. Has a lot of problems going on. A lot of chronic diseases just starting to become apparent. And now realizes that we have to change. This is what I talked about. You know, we all have problems like this all day, every day. 
We all have a little bit of this. Change before you have to. Remember I talked about that relative, you know, uh, lifestyle change. You know, nobody wants to exercise until they're so out of shape that they can't effectively exercise anymore. Or that their joints are too arthritic and now they can't, where they used to be able to run, now they can barely walk. So I hope you get the analogy, you know, regarding if we can extrapolate that realization to our world, then we can, you know, we can understand the great simplification. It is that simple that um, we live on this planet, we can't, you know, pretend that the world is 6,000 years old, all right? fucking billions of years old, 4.5 billions of years old, as a geologic history, a geologic time, that some people, you know, they turn to their chosen theology, it's a a storyline, and it's very comforting, and it served its purpose, it allowed us to get, it was an innovation that allowed us to get to where we are today, but if we listen to I mean, I've had people tell me exactly that. The world is 6,000 years old. And (laughs) scoffing at the notion that we could, we cannot do any damage to this world. That that we could, at the notion that we could do some damage to this world. That we are, you know, in danger of um, exhausting fossil fuels or the impact of them or climate change is bullshit. All that stuff. Um, It's not, it's... you know, it has been quantified and qualified by science and math. It's been corroborated. This is real shit that's going on. And it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to come to a head tomorrow necessarily. But we can. I think if you're a human being with half a fucking head on your shoulders, you understand. You can see the impacts, you know, that... When I grew up, there were woods all over the place, and we built forts, and we ran around and played all day outside. Now, it's a concrete jungle, in many cases. It's a different world that we live in. Those rotary dial phones are long fucking gone. They're never coming back. We've developed, we've done some tremendous things. I'm glad... As I've said many times before, I'm so glad the um, technological revolutions, the industrial revolutions and technological revolutions occurred because we have so much. But you got to read the plays and you got to realize that we can't have all this. We can't keep going and progressing in the same ways and consuming in the same ways that we have. It's, you can't get blood from the stone. You know, we can't do this forever. You can't extract finite or infinite re- resources from a finite planet. So do yourself a favor and listen to the pros actually talk about this and discuss it, discuss it and illustrate it to you. Um, check out The Great Simplification on uh, YouTube and watch some of the segments they have. The 30-minute segment which will give you the whole spiel. And then they have some um, 
I think it's actually a podcast, the great simplification. The great simplification. So you'll see some other people speak who are experts on the, in this field speak on these issues, and I think it's important that we listen to them. This isn't some conspiracy theory shit. This is um, science and math, and really smart people, far more intelligent than most of us are, certainly myself. But as I said, I'm inspired when I listen to shit like this because it makes me better. I'm not scared about the world that we live in. I don't feel like, um, you know, like I need to fucking throw out all my modern trappings of life. I, you know, it's not like that at all. Not about being scared. It's about being prepared. And it's about understanding that the world is a whole lot older than most of us realize. It's hard to to break this all down. It's hard to assimilate it. It's hard to understand it completely. But if you strive to, if you turn your attention to things like this, this is true wisdom. This is true knowledge. This is true understanding of of some very important things that affect us all, and they're going to guide the future of this planet. I, for one, would like to be on the side of good and the side of of, of sensibility, you know, rather than just being ignorant to this sort of stuff and saying, "Oh well, you know, the train's freaking rolling down the track, and uh, it's got too much momentum. We can't do anything about it. The world's going to end. I guess this is how it's going to end. You know." It's God's will. Fuck that. Okay? Be responsible. Do what's right. <clears throat> Check out this video. Huh! <laughs>